Thank you for downloading this podcast. The A to Z of Human Performance consists of 25 live shows that were broadcast in January 2021. The book, The A to Z of Human Performance, written by John Osirkham, Emma Wiggs and Steve Eaton, contains a lot of the topics you'll hear in the coming episodes and it's now out so you can get your copy at the Amazon Kindle store. Without further ado, here's the podcast. Listening to the A to Z of Human Performance live show weekdays at 13:30 GMT with Chris Lisman and resident expert Jonna Circum. Please enjoy responsibly. And here he is, the star of the show. It is Christopher Lisman. Hello, Chris. Hello. Welcome to the show, everybody. It's show 22. Can you believe that? Uh, I'm here with the interactive workshops team. John has joined me again. Uh, Wanna be mountaineer, Jonna, as you heard yesterday. Uh, that was a great show. I loved it. But I'm a bit sad because, uh, you know, we said we'd do 20 live shows in January. We've done those. Then we realised we needed to do a few more to finish off. And then, you know, at the end of this week, that'll be it. 25 live shows. In the bag. In that'll be really bag. sad. That'll yeah. be really sad finishing up. Um, the book, of course, is now a hot new release on Amazon. It's number one in the hot new release chart, which is very exciting. Very exciting. Uh, and we're very close to number one in the, uh, in the bestseller charts as well. So by the end of the day, it could be a bestseller. How are you feeling about that, Johnny? Yeah, well, I know how the algorithm works, Chris. How's that? If there's enough categories, every book can be a bestseller. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's very interesting, isn't it? You know, it relates to fun, today's, today's theme. We're going to do two today, values and ultimate. So one, the chapter on ultimate is about winning or, or not, and the, the chapter on V is on values. And, um, but ultimate, it's for me really fascinating whether we're someone who likes to win. And obviously a bestsellers list is is exactly that it's like who is the best selling book yeah actually not the best book but the best selling book mm. and um obviously to reach number one in the best selling list you just need buyers and there's no differentiator as who they are you can be the buyer yourself you can buy you could buy every book a copy of your book from waterstones and be their most sold book so it's interesting you know how, how you might go about trying to win and um you could win like that couldn't you by cheating but maybe that would go against your values mm. um or maybe um, the aim was to get to number one by any means, and therefore, you know that your values will be fine with that. I don't know what you think. Do you think these Amazon best? Th- th- there's another way, isn't there, for Amazon? Amazon are winning because they've yeah, got a million categories, and everybody who gets to number one is right. Seller by buying their own books, basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. I think, and lots of things factor into it as well. It's not just best selling; it's the reviews factor in, and the page clicks factor in. So even the bestseller title itself is is. Uh, not exactly accurate, but it, but it is a bit of fun, I think, to, uh, to try, it's great, and, it's try great. and get we yourself do, to number one. And we do, I mean, in, again, thinking about values, we do try not to compare ourselves to other people. I think that's one helpful thing. Uh, there's always, we, we in the Western world are extremely wealthy because we have a book. I remember going to a talk once, someone said, the majority of children in the world do not own a book. So if you own a book, you're in the upper half of wealth. It's like, wow. But um, yeah, we have so much, don't we? And um, it's it's uh, 
comparing ourselves to others doesn't necessarily help us. I don't know, Emma Emma mentions this on the start line. It doesn't help you to look and sit and think that other person's fitter, faster. Yeah. Uh, or like in business, you could look, we, we've you know worked hard on our financial results in the year and then you think, yeah, but there's other companies that have turned over twice as much or got five times as many people or, you know, have done work on it, better work on more topics, whatever it might be. But so comparing ourselves doesn't help in some ways, but then it does help, doesn't it? But, well, for this book and a few of our past books, we've been up against Simon Sinek to try and get to number one. So in a way, how can we compete? But you're, at the same time, we love it. We love trying to we compete. We love it, we love it, don't we? Yeah. yeah. And um, I actually also love games. I love games. So... Um, I, I would, I think it's interesting to talk a bit about the psychology. Let's, let's do ultimate for 10 minutes and then yeah, sure. let's go into winning. Let's do that. But, um, and then we'll go on to values, but yeah, you know, the, the, some people are really motivated to win and I love games. I, my mum had a rule when we were children, you're not allowed to just leave halfway through a game of Monopoly, even if you're crying. <laughs> and, um, that's because my sister would beat me and, um, I, I wanted to win. I, I really wanted to win Chris. And I had similar experiences as a child playing against my brother. We, we had a game called Payday, which basically never got finished. My best man actually mentioned it in his best man speech because he'd witnessed me and my brother playing this game when he'd come over. And um, the board would get tipped up. That It would generally be an upset on the rules. It was I wanted things to be fair more than I wanted to win. So if my brother was sort of bending the rules, making up rules, yeah, yeah, that would that would grate against me, and yeah, it would end in end in. Yeah, back to bending the rules, you know, is it allowed? But um, yeah. it's interesting what you said there. Your best man. Yeah. What yeah, is best it the best man? man? Why, why do we have that? Why, why yeah. do we make one person better than everybody else and say at the, the wedding? There's, there's all the just in front of all these friends that I've invited that yeah. I all love. I'm just going to label this one. They're the, the best, best man. They're not. <laughs> yeah. Like the women have the ladies have the bridesmaids, don't they? Sometimes they have the matron, well, but matron of honor. There we go. But you know, we do do this. We do we do have it's our desire to make things ultimate, isn't it? It's yeah. To have we, someone. We need a winner. One. We need a first place. Yeah. But uh, and and I guess I think society swung a long way away from this. And I'm I'm going to tell you a little secret, Chris. But in education these days at school, it's not. It's about doing your best. It's not about being the best. But I've realised that my kids are in quite a non. The school is excellent, but it doesn't teach you to be competitive are we and talking about like, everyone getting a medal everyone gets part? a medal yeah yeah i mean that's you know that's sports day that's not like that but but what i realize is if i could teach my kids to be competitive against a group of people who've been test trained to be not competitive they're more chance of winning so you know is and it, there's there's a kind of strategic element to it if you're competing in a non-compete environment probably you're gonna find it easier to do your best do, do the best we, we just had christmas uh, end of last year as well and that's that can be almost competitive in it. You've got to, you're supposed to give a gift. It's supposed to be out of your own heart, but then it's who's got the best gift, who's given the best gift, who's happiest with their gifts. And, and that can become an ultimate challenge as well. <laughs> That's right. But I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I also, th I do think, um, so there's, there's, in life, the pendulum swings one way and the other, doesn't it? And I think we're on the way back from uh, like, let's all just be in it together. There's no competition. I do think, uh, it, similarly, you see things in politics where it swims, swings from a kind of more communal approach to more nationalistic and we've got that going on in the world at the moment as well but the um the competitive drive is actually really helpful um it can it has its counterpart which is unhelpful competition but uh let's say i don't know the the race to get vaccinated for example or um like these competitions see who can be the best apps app maker uh or dragon's den you know they're, they're forms of competition that are pushing people to do the best work they can um 
you could think also about sales targets. If you give a group of people sales targets, if let's say everyone's got to sell 100 widgets a month, uh, you will find out who are the best salespeople. Uh, maybe some will try and be sneaky and do things against the rules, but that you, you shouldn't do that. But, you know, you'll find out who's competent. Um, okay. So, you know, gradings, evaluations, uh, competitions. Again, in the world of cycling, a lot of people love going on these kind of uh, sportives. They might just an average really, rider. They want to think, compete against other forty-eight-year-old people. You know? Yeah. Do you, do you think we need to be competitive? Do you think we need that side of us? I, don't, I wonder whether I don't know whether we need to, but I do think it's a perhaps a side effect of our survival instincts. So, like you versus the lion. Mm. There's no question that in you versus the lion, we want you to survive, right? Yeah. It, I mean, it doesn't make any sense on a philosophical level because what does it matter if you live or die? But you know, maybe the lions are endangered species and humans are not. So maybe it's better if the lion wins. I don't know. But we've got this innate drive, haven't we, to survive? Yeah, I and think we're trying to compete. Maybe the social hierarchy one, we've got, we're a social animal, so we're pre-wired to work out, you know, where we fit in a pecking order. Um, so maybe those two things coming together um, can make us competitive. Um, and maybe some people, I don't know, on a hormonal level, like the adrenaline, you can get addicted, can't you, to um, the adrenaline, the endorphins. Mm -hmm. So... Um, the glory of victory, I'm sure is a pretty exciting cocktail. I wonder how the footballers are getting on with that without crowds in the stadiums. You know? Yeah. 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 I actually, uh, I always like to watch when a trophy has been lifted, Premier League trophy has been lifted the end of a long season. It's been a year in the making. A team has actually got to the top, got the most points, got to lift the trophy that bit afterwards where they're just sort of wandering around the pitch with their families, the fans are cheering and singing. That bit is, it's just really special. No matter who, which team's won, it doesn't have to be my team. I just love that that moment where they're just sort of, that is the glory, isn't it? A lot yeah, of yeah. effort has gone into the season and that gets a lot of attention. Yeah. And then there's this forgotten moment where they actually get to enjoy oh, the win. Those of us that have been in there, Chris, it's not forgotten. That <laughs> Did you not see me in December when, we'd hit our, when I knew we'd hit our financial targets? Oh yeah, yeah. We I should just, have televised that to be honest. It was I was elated and after a really challenging year, all the pressure's suddenly off, but you've got all the feelings of success. And I and I think, you know, bursting through a finish line like that or winning that final game, that's it. You've got all this emotion and the psychological um sort of focus that you've had, and then suddenly you can let go of that and you get this huge wave of release. No wonder it's addictive yeah. to do yeah. that. Um but it doesn't have to be winning, it can also be not losing, like those sides in the Premier League who don't get relegated. That that relegation battle is equally mm, you know, a desperate struggle, and then to win is just to snatch victory from the jaws of defeat, basically. Yeah, there's often bigger celebrations for that. Well, yeah, and it's and huge. Storming the pitch, and, and so that's not losing, and that's that. My son Joseph, he he likes to win. He hates to lose. So, but I, and then I guess as we grow up, we try and socially train people not to have a massive adverse reactions to winning or losing. And I think that's the social, that's the social structure. That's the cultural piece. Mm. Like imagine if you didn't have to slightly be a bit humble if you won something or you were, imagine if it was encouraged to be in a massively foul mood if you didn't get your own way and you, or you lost. <laughs> then yeah, like there's a social pressure also to fit in a certain yeah. acceptable framework. Yeah, a, a pressure Jose Mourinho doesn't, hasn't quite taken hold of, I think. <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. And, and it's counterproductive. And that's the point Emma's making in the book. Uh, there's a great quote by John Maxwell, who again, probably not necessarily the person we should quote, but sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. And, and Emma's uh, in this chapter in the book, you know, 
saying that the pressure to beat other people doesn't make you give your best performance. Mm, and we don't always I, have to win. Well, I think I think we can still want to win. The question yeah. is, does, does the desire to win help us to perform our best? And actually focusing, so again, on IW revenue target, for example, focusing on what other companies are doing uh, doesn't necessarily help us. We've got to focus on ourselves. For Emma sat on the start line or in the race, focusing on other athletes, it doesn't make her go faster. She's got to focus on herself. So if you're in a non-competitive, if, if you're in a, a discipline where your own performance dictates how well you do, then focusing on others doesn't help. I think uh, if it's more in a team sport where you've got, Emma's got to get across the finish line in a certain time. But if you're in a team sport where you're playing against other people, or if you're like a car company where your, your main goal is market share, actually your wins come from someone else's losses. So then you are in more of a structural strategic battle, yeah. like, uh, like in a game of chess or poker where someone actually does need to win. And, and you're like in poker, all the money that you get comes from the other people at the table. So your win is someone else's loss. And I think that's more of a co- kind of confrontational um, dy- set up and dynamic. And therefore winning is the important thing there. Is it, is it kind of trying to win and desiring to win a, a different thing? So tr- trying to win is kind of pointless in that, take Emma, for example, she doesn't know what her competitors are going to do in terms of their time, whether they're going to have a great day. She can't control them. But yeah. her desire to win, and so all the training she's done, all the, the the time she knows that if she gets, she's likely to win. Yeah. That is that is helping her. But just this kind of sheer trying to win is ineffective. I don't think. I think trying in general is ineffective. So as Yoda said, "Do or do not." There is no try. But I yeah. think I, I'm, I'm actually just correcting myself here. But even the football teams focus on your own performance. Think about what you can do to do your best. Uh, and that's what getting to the ultimate is to be the best version of yourself you can be um and that that i think is a a goal it's also a goal that all of us can strive for isn't it to be our very best um the question of whether my very best is better than your be- very best is is not totally relevant though it can prov- prove elating when it when it does work so i mean yeah i mean i've i've worked with sales teams across all, all different kind of companies some of them have egos and competition and i guess some some of us still buy into kind of what was definitely like the late 80s kind of materialism let's get to the top let's you know it's now all about being an influencer isn't it but Mm. it's the same kind of shallow goal really which is let's be famous or rich or both preferably both well now we're getting onto values in terms of what has taken you to the top and what what motivators there are underneath what do you define as a value yeah i mean psychologists would struggle to say what that is i mean you know, we, we might talk a lot about personality. Um, we've talked a lot before about language, but um, we've talked about beliefs. To, you know, they're pretty intangible things, aren't they? But I guess I would think about a value as a kind of a combination of a feeling and maybe some words that um, are deeply held, a deeply held conviction about certain things being important in life. And from that um, foundation or that root, a, a wide set of behaviours can be driven and maybe your ability to sort of check yourself as well is somehow related to your values. You know, can you, your ability to hold yourself back from certain things you might otherwise go for, for example. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I mean, Emma, Emma's done some work with her psychologist to come up with what, to be clear about what her values are and to get those as words so that she knows what she's working with. Um, I wouldn't say I have a list of values that I've got written down, but I've I know internally when I'm about to go over 
when I'm about to cross the threshold of doing something outside my value set. I don't know if you know that feeling. Mm. When you, do you yeah, know that yeah. feeling when you're about to do something wrong by your own definition? Yeah, I think my personality means I've got quite clear lines that where so I know when I'm coming up to that. Yeah. How's that feel? It, it feels very uncomfortable. <laughs> to want to cross it. I don't. I, my personality means I don't want to cross any even perceived lines by other you people. Yeah, you were, you're also concerned about reputation as to yeah. whether you've got near to or crossed those values. Yeah, I want to be beyond reproach, I guess. Yeah. 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 Wow. Noble. You want to be noble? I guess, noble so. I guess so. That's just the way I'm wired. But yeah. do, do you think, so they're deeply held, these values, but we can also kind of find them and identify them. So there's that, that dynamic going on. It's really helpful, I think, to, to, to search around and think what's really important to you. I mean, you could, you could prioritize those as well and say, this is my most important value. Again, it's like another, that's another kind of competition, isn't it? Which is the most important value. But I mean, I think society also shares quite a lot of values in common. We share kindness, empathy, uh, love, even generosity, um, you know, thoughtfulness. Um, there is this value. Let's, let's say the value of making the most of your potential. That's quite high in, in our society. Let's say you've met someone who said, actually, I'm not interested in making the most of my potential at all. No, it doesn't mean anything to me. I'm out, I'm interested. I couldn't care less. Uh, I'm happy to make the least of my potential. Like we would naturally think, oh, that's a bit, it's not quite right, is it? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, uh, another way of saying that was, I'm, I'm not, not interested in anything apart from enjoying life. You know, that might be think, oh yeah, that's, that makes sense. So I think, you know, how these things are framed and how we conceive our values is important. I think they can also, they are the compass that steers us through some, in a decision-making, difficult, difficult decision-making maybe. Um, so I would say I also value, you know, staying positive and uh, trying to see the positive side. Uh, the performance psychologist, Steve Peters and others would say, that's great. That's a really good mental habit. But it's also a value to me. If I'm in a setback, then I'm going to, I, we all have a choice about how we respond and I'm going to choose that. So I'd say that's driven by a value to stay positive. And um, when you can, and I think sometimes you can't, but, but um, yeah, so we've got these values flitting around within us. So the language and framing you're saying is, is, is really important. How we identify them and name them is important. You mentioned difficult oh, I, moments. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if, we, if naming them is important. I think, okay. I think that the inner, their inner feelings, my personal view is that the, the, the words lie on top of inner feelings about things. Okay, yeah. So, you know, caring, loving, caring for those around you is a feeling. And I think the words, however we put the words over it, we could use different words. It might be broadly the same thing. We can still know that it's a value without without giving it words. And yes, that's, yeah. that's just sitting underneath. You yeah. mentioned the difficult moments. Is that when values really show up? Yeah, I think that's it. That's, I mean, obviously, let's say we've got a value of kindness and everyone else is kind to us. It's just so we just reciprocate um, and we're in a good life situation. And then some people start being unkind to us and we're in a bad, you know, and maybe, I don't know, we're in a difficult life situation. Are we still able to be kind in those bad moments? Uh, and again, we see with children, okay, eventually they lash out or something. Then we say to them, like, okay, even though they said this, even though they did that, don't lash out. You know, this is, so we're conditioning them to try and get them to have a kind of honorable set of societal values because we know that it will help them out later on in life. But I mean, again, I think like looking at it the other way around is interesting. Like, what if we said to our kids, like, if someone, lashes out at you, you you lash out back at them. I think my dad did actually say that to me once. But he says, yeah, if they if they push you around, just do it. Like that's that how it, how society used to be. And uh so 
yeah, we, we're conditioning our, our kids, like in our team, with, we, don't we? We try and think about what our values are, not so much necessarily about or what the words are, but what's that, how does that show up in action? Like if someone was kept being late for something, if someone kept not delivering something, if someone was dishonest, um, are they, do those fit with our shared values? So yeah, I think I think so. I think that it's an, it's an important exploration. I think many people have done this exercise and kind of thought through what's important to them in life. But if if we haven't, it's a good part of kind of growing up somehow. Yeah, I think I think it is. And what about when our values conflict with each other? When they sort of cross over and and don't quite align? Well, they they will. I think they will. Uh, can conflict I think that's the interesting part actually so I don't know if you you know what cognitive dissonance is but that's when we hold mutually exclusive beliefs right um, so if we sh- let's say let's say I, I believe that the world's a everyone in the world is at heart a good person yeah okay. I'll, sh- I'll show you a good, good level of co- cognitive dissonance should we be kind to people who are pr- in prison yeah so when <laughs> When they're at the, um, let's say someone's murdered someone and they're at the court, and we're like, justice should be done. They deserve to be punished. They look what they've done. And then as soon as they get to prison, they're like, we're like, right, they need to be re- rehabilitated. Like pr- prison is really tough. Uh, yes, they might have to serve the, they, yes, they've done a crime, but they need to move on. We need to get them back to being a citizen. It's like, mm. there's two, two different views there. Justice and rehabilitation, punishment and helping someone come back to society. Uh, so that I always find that situation funny because I've worked in prisons a bit and like I've saw, saw how much you suffer if you're in prison. I mean, you suffer. So, you know, we would perhaps say like, oh, people shouldn't suffer. We should be kind to people. Yeah, as a society, we also believe in punishing. But but when the, this, is, this is the exciting bit of kind of ethics when values come into conflict and what, what we should do about that. I suffer with that ethically when I've got someone in the team who's maybe not performing. So on a community level, I want to create a safe space where everyone can belong and feel safe and then sometimes you've got people that just don't perform and their job role says you need to be able to do this to be competent and they don't do it and you've got this horrible conflict then the, the value of performance and, eth- and accountability on the job role and the societal kind of team uh, situation in the best cases we deal with that as a team uh, but sometimes it just falls to me to act against my values which is really find really difficult chris those are difficult moments. really difficult yeah, yeah. it's yeah, uh, I remember there's one kind of case that you'll remember that that was extremely difficult yeah uh, but, but every time I know what you mean. not performing it's difficult yeah it's uh it's incredibly tough and uh, yeah as you say those are the moments where where our values really matter and, and having that understanding of what might be going on underneath yeah is, is really important yeah and i know we're running a little bit out of time but it's, it's quite a lot of in, isn't it two letters it is. yeah should we just quickly touch on a couple of habituators? Yeah, let's do that. What, what kind of practical tips can we, can we take on? Um, well, in, certainly thinking about ultimate, I think small wins. So one habit for me to harness the power of small is the power of small wins. Um, to think about how you can have small wins each day and how you can track your successes. I think that's important. So Emma does have small wins. She does her workouts. She does her sessions. She, she'll evaluate whether she's done it well. Uh, so, you know, if you're doing the inputs, you can have small wins there. I think that's a good thing to keep track of. And um, I'm just thinking also, you know, on um, reflection. So in the values, it, reflecting back at the end of the day, have we lived out our values today? Um, have we been the person we want to be? Is there anyone we need to say sorry to, for example? Just did we did we step outside of our, our value set? Uh, do we need to... Um, 
set things right, apologise. These In our relationship at home, we have a kind of race who can be the first to apologise with all kind of with any kind of integrity. But just be quick to say sorry when things have happened. Um, that for me on the values, that reflection, like am I living right with people in the world, I think is important. Yeah, yeah that's really helpful. What about on uh, on the values front? Uh, that last one was on values. Oh, that, that was for yeah. values. Uh, reflect, right. If you reflect out at the end of the day, have I lived out my values? Uh, for me, like if I haven't been responsible with my time in a given day, I might not need to tell anyone that, but I need to think about it and think, okay, yeah. yeah, I didn't actually put my best in today, so let's yeah. let's improve on that tomorrow. So thinking about small wins and then thinking about whether we've crossed that line of our values, yeah. whether there's anything we can do to react to it. But I'm hearing you won't cross your values lines, Chris. I try not to. Yeah, but is being obstinate one of your values? I, I don't even know what that means. Uh, like, like being like a donkey, you know, not being able to be pushed. No, this is I, I don't think that's one of my values. Oh, no. no, yeah. So, so, but there you go. You, you would be quite obstinate about going outside your values. Yes. Being obstinate is not one of your values. No. Being flexible probably is. Yeah. So you see, you see how it kind of, they often don't. They often like compete, that. don't they? Yeah. 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 Cool, man. Great. Maybe we should wrap up the show. Yeah. Have a great day, folks. See you tomorrow. Don't forget, the A to Z of human performance is now available on Amazon Kindle Store. Get your copy now.